0: in just a moment we will return with another exciting adventure featuring a guest
1: Uh, I I did not record anything that we
2: just said, but go on. Oh dear. sorry. Oh, 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 that's that's okay. So, uh, so we were, so we were talking about uh the sh- shallowness of of political thought, I guess the way that. Oh, and
1: John's having a baby.
2: John's having. Oh, right. We guess we can get that on the record. Yeah. Yeah. John's having a baby. Um, but we which were is just, weird
1: because he's also uh having open relationships with men um, as well. So, which is very strange. Very true. uh, (laughs) Jason, what were you saying? Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No,
2: that's fine. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing you did. Um, But we were, but so the, we, we were talking about the idea that, or I was saying that political thought, if, if you're strictly thinking in terms of politics, politics by its very nature, nature is kind of brute, and mercenary, um, you know, like, like if you, and if you think about wokeness, it it's very mercenary because people who are trying to think about it more in depthly, we kind of push back with this. Okay, but if you're if you're focusing in on race in this crazy way, and and even if you are trying to if if in your mind you're doing it to raise up black people, but you're still grouping people together based on based on race, that's just going to reinforce racial categories, which is going to increase racism. Th- they're thinking about it as much more brute and and kind of straightforward. And it's just, well, we'll deal with that later. Right now, we have this problem of we need to raise up black people. And the only way to do that is to Group people into these categories, so we can then figure out who are the people that we're going to help out. And in the end, don't worry, it'll all come out in the wash somehow. Somehow, when all's said and done, we'll have this, uh, you know, utopian society where uh, no, yeah, it, it's it's this kind of vague. Like I can't even finish the thought because oh, there's, I don't, there's a
0: lot. There's a lot of faith, right?
2: Yeah.
1: So, John, uh, did you read that tablet piece that I sent? Yes, I did. Okay. So, I was curious, because I think the, like a lot of people, like McWhorter talks about the the fact that this is, reli- like this wokeness is religious in nature. What do you make of this connection with this specific, because people say that it's a secular religion. And I was telling Jason that I don't know. That I've always had a problem with the secular part, and it felt almost all of this feels as though it is actually uh, an uh, you know a, a sort of mutant uh, protest, you know, Protestant uh, religion, some sort of weird mutant Protestant religion that's more north american than it is say european or secular what do you make of all of this i think you know more about this than i either of us morons do
0: well i i know what i don't know Um, but i think i think in this case the um i'm very suspicious of attempts to kind of create that that linear sort of historical relationship between something that's going on now I mean, obviously, we have to pay attention to history and we, right. and, of, and of course, you know movements of the past, religious movements of the past um, of course has an effect on the present but we 're but retrospectively we haven 't really been very good at at drawing the lines that connect those things it 's usually after the fact when we 're looking back and like, oh, okay, this was influenced by I don't know, the 19th, the 19th century moral purity movement. You can see the links here, but when they're actually in it, they hmm. don't really have enough evidence usually to make that connection. Cause it's just too complicated. Right.
1: Right. The historical analogies are, you know, almost by definition sort of imperfect. They're analogies. It's like, a similar things like Trump is, you know, the, the Trump is Hitler, you know, uh, Putin is Stalin, that sort of thing. Yeah, the comparisons
0: of fascists, for example, and they'll often take them completely out of their historical context, and they focus in on the things that confirm what they already believe. So with that caveat out of the way, I think it's interesting. But the part that I'm confused about is the the fact that these kinds of – the wokeness doesn't have a foothold – in Catholic countries and that that's somehow meaningful. It's not- You mean in
1: Ireland or France? uh, like Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. you
0: know, like that's- Oh yeah,
1: Italy. What about, what's going on in Italy?
0: Yeah, not much of a wokeness foothold there. And so so the argument is, I guess is that, or the implicit argument is that Protestantism, that it almost has like a character flaw that's expressing this way well, whereas Catholicism doesn't have that same character flaw. And of course, it's not as tied, at least in recent memory, to the English or the Anglo-Saxon so-called tradition. Um, that 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 requires, I think, a, an explanation. I think I'd be more persuaded by the argument if there was a little bit more effort put into that.
2: I mean, I think in a way, like I, I enjoy Tablet and I I like reading their articles, but... I think that's kind of just some tablet shit that's sort of, I think I find they do that a lot on the, on that website where I think it's that they maybe try to cast their net a little too wide. And at a certain point they're like offhandedly making certain assertions that, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think you can't just assert that, the fact that wokeness has more of a foothold in countries that are more Protestant as opposed to countries that are more Catholic. I don't. Think ex- that's what they that and is. not and not explain that is that a- what they're asserting? Anyway, yeah, they, at a certain yeah. point, yeah, but it's such a offhanded kind of comment. Like, I feel like it's literally just maybe one paragraph, one or two paragraphs within the article
1: um also there was no like i mean the roots in in mein Kampf if i remember correctly uh hitler loves the fact that america was practicing segregation sort of de facto segregation for a long period of time uh he so the idea that that this wokeness is it's is the very first Totalitarian thing to come out of the Anglo world. It's, I guess it's not completely true, but I, I think it's interesting because there's, uh, because of the relationship that America seems to have with places like Britain and Australia. I, I think the one thing that they get... Even in I, India, it's kind of
2: sort of taken off a little bit. But
1: but in India, it's um, become a little bit stranger. Things are a lot more uh, weirder in there. Well,
2: well, well, I think part of the article is, I mean, uh, the flaws of it essentially are what John's saying, right? It's the, we're in it, it's too complicated. You're trying to simplify what is realistically probably a very complex phenomenon that we won't understand until, you know, there's a little hindsight, but I think but but I think the, I mean, it seems like one of the things they're driving at is that this seems different in some way, like there's these connections you can make to other authoritarian movements, but there's something about this that feels different and and i i and i think we're still at a point where a lot of us are racking our brains trying to figure out and even wondering like i know myself i sometimes wonder is it different though maybe it's not really different maybe it's just like this this other thing but there's something about the fact that it's an authoritarian movement that has really captured the the societies that we live in at to a certain extent, like certain some of our you know some of our institutions, without really uh, without violence, really without. Well, here's the thing: you, you because- know, like it's the
1: reason why the the reason why that's happened and i you know and the problem i love living in canada and i love living in north america it's a beautiful you know it's a beautiful land and the problem with you guys is that you know and you know people in europe and the middle east they sort of know this instinctively is like in the heads of them like i'm not saying you guys as in you too uh, I'm specifically saying, John specifically, I'm directing my anger only at John. But I think that they have, like, for a lot of the people, simply the geographic distance from the rest of the world makes it impossible for you to understand how how much worse things could possibly get. And there's some sort of like, I think you can understand it. Like there's a documentary that you might be able to watch, or there's a Facebook article that you might be able to click on. Or there's someone's Instagram post that you might be able to work on. But you, it's it somehow doesn't ever sink in that things that that you could you know, that things could be so much worse, you know, that you're living in you know, an, an unbelievable sort of time in human history and you're lucky to be here. The 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 sort of great the idea of sort of gratefulnesses and, and and you know is, is somehow missing from uh, from North American culture. And it is the physical distance from the rest of the world that allows you to. That's not your fault. I'm not saying that, do, you know,
2: it's just. Do you, do you think part of this, and, and I know that we like to, we talk about the modern left and the wokeness, as being collectivists. And I think they are, I mean, they, they're definitely collectivists in nature and they don't put much of a premium on individuality, but, but forgetting wokeness, just to kind of talk about one of the things that might cause this problem is I wonder if part of it is because in the United States, especially there's such an onus on the rights of the individual it's this affront and an outrage that there are individuals within that society who are w- facing discrimination, are facing, it's that the idea of being, you know, of being able to step back and see that, you know, well, if there are problems. Uh, you know, like, obviously, a healthy way to view it is, you know, there are problems. And if there is discrimination, we have to deal with that. But to think that we need to overhaul the entire system just seems crazy. But I think part of it is because they are inherently, the United States especially, are just inherently a country that values the right to the individual, which is great, which is a good Instinct and 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 I think you know, I, I think th- overall that's that's great, but I think maybe it does sometimes prevent them from viewing the society as a whole like, viewing the like they sort of they, they focus in on the way the very worst off people in the society are faring they they look at how the worst off people are faring and how they're doing and then they they say that's the society that's the society we live in this is how everybody is is doing we're all doing poorly like if you're black you're we're all all black people are are victims of just this unremittent constant, brutal racism that just never quits. It never stops. Women are are just being, uh, you know, oppressed by these patriarchal forces that are weighing them down. Like, I, th- I think that's part of the issue is they, and I don't know what causes it exactly, but it's something to do with the fact that they, they see the worse off in society and they raise it up i mean of course part of i guess i can punch a hole in my own argument by saying that part of what they're doing is they're actually taking people who are very privileged and live lives of privilege and trying to convince us that these people are oppressed that's also part of the game so i guess it's a little complicated but i think it's be deep
1: down is there's also and in the in that documentary that we watch what killed Michael Brown, like Shelby Steele, he says this, something that's very interesting. He says that it's because the poetic truth is a lot more interesting than the actual truth. And that, you know, cutting to the, the, you know, as far as police brutality goes, it is, it is a, the poetic truth is a lot more interesting, you know, or it. it's easier to, to latch on to, you know, and, you know, when people say we need better stories, we need stories I was like, I don't know, man, you know, the better sto- The the stories seem to be the problem, right? Like,
0: you know. I think more. I think more than any other country, and I'm not the first to say this, so <laughs> of course. But you know, the 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 tablet article identifies anti-intellectualism. I, I think it's. I don't think it's anti-intellectualism. I actually, I don't think the United States is as anti-intellectual as, as as people have made it out to be. But I've never seen a a culture so obsessed with hero and villain narratives, and and the polarization between the two. And, and of course we know of all the cultural products that the United States produces. The challenge is that there's lots of American films and novels that explore the gray. You know, they have a long history of that as well. And I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but overall it is a culture obsessed with hero and villain narratives. And in particular, having a villain that they can point to and say, that's the bad guy. And as long as we've vanquished that bad guy, will be okay, right? So then it pairs with a weird kind of optimism. Once we get over this hump, we can relax. You know, once Donald Trump is out of office, he's the big bad, We vanquish the villain, kill the dragon, we can move on and, we'll, and you know, it, it'll just be lovely. And Americans know that this isn't true. All of the villains that they have destroyed within their culture, it never ends up the way they think it's going to go. And yet they keep repeating that pattern obsessively because they can't seem to think outside of it. Now you contrast this with the UK. And I think, I think going back to Ara's point about gratefulness, if, if you look at like surveys of, of the British public and you look at their, their art and their media, they're mostly just happy to be there. Like there's just like, as much as they whinge, about this or that, they're honestly just happy to exist in some in some capacity. They don't have the same obsession with hero and villain narratives. Like, I think if you compared like your average British, I don't know, crime show or detective show to an American British or crime crime or detective show, you'll find that the, the British ones are way more complex. They embrace the gray far more often than Americans do. Right. And, and it's almost like out of the two countries that you would think would um, kind of inherit inherit the Greek tradition, the United States is much more closer to ancient Greece than it is to ancient Rome, and and and, and you know you think the UK would, because it's built on that Greek tradition, it's not. It's the United States is is built on that Greek tradition more. The heroes and villains. And it's, I don't know, I think there's something Interesting there, I'm not smart enough to, to Sort of unpack it, but I think that there's Something interesting there to talk about
2: Well, there's a there's a, An an, a, uh, an interview that Ta-Nehisi Coates is Doing with the Mayor, or the former mayor I think he was the former mayor Of, I want to say, I believe it was New Orleans And at the Aspen uh, Ideas Festival It's from okay. like 2015 2016 or something like that and and they're discussing he so he's been uh he's been working in the community the former mayor um to try to stop black on black crime that they're then the you know within the city the crime rates are really high there's all these young black men being killed and and at one point he actually takes out a book Of every name of everyone who was killed while he was mayor, he actually cataloged this and kept track of it, which would show that this obviously had some profound emotional effect on him. But within it, he's he's talking about, you know, he's trying to delve into the complex realities of what this what's causing this and at one point ta coates says uh, there ain't nothing wrong with black people that stopping white racism wouldn't fix and he gets an applause and it's obvious that everybody's on his side and they're viewing this mayor as some kind of like apologist for white supremacy but it's, it's that. It's the, his narrative has heroes' abilities, even if the villain is some amorphous, uh, vague idea of, of white racism or white supremacy, but it's still, here's the heroes, the righteous black people toiling away, fighting against the oppression of white racism, and white racism is your villain it's, it's very, yeah, I think, I I think you're on to something there. I, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that that is, there's somehow the, the poetic, the, the, the psychological appeal of that poetic, um, battle, you know, this sort of, uh, you know, mythic battle between, you know, the forces of bigotry and the forces of just, you know, good, kind humanity is, you know, it infects, I don't think it has to do with intelligence as much as it just has to do that. It is a certain kind of contagion. And like one of the things like in those two pieces from the Atlantic and the national review that talk about whether or not wokeness is going to, you know, somehow be the volume on the wokeness is sort of going to be turned down a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think at some level.
2: Well, well, if just just to clarify for people, um, if the the our, the Atlantic article is about Yasha is Yasha Monk's article is that if if Trump loses, wokeness will decrease, and the National Review article is positing the opposite. That yeah, it, it will actually embolden them, and it'll just get worse. And.
1: I think that at some level they're both right, but for different reasons. I think uh, what I see, I think what Trump presents as a is a is a distraction. He's, a, I see him as a, like a fruit fly, you know. He's a completely, he's, he's, you don't, you just don't want him. He's completely benign. He's not going to bite you. But what the fuck are you doing here? What are you, what are you doing here? Get out of here, right? Yeah. I don't want you here. And my ability personally I can only speak for my ability is to deal it I, I feel like all of this like even you know I'm stealing I'm of course you know plagiarizing smart people who are smarter than me but these are all like talking about wokeness and talking about Trump at at you know Ad nauseum uh, is an opportunity cost it's just it, it, I don't want to do it. I don't want to read their horseshit fucking articles, but the only reason I do it is because for some reason I'll admit it. I do enjoy the conflict a little bit. I do enjoy the struggle.
0: Oh, me too. Um, me too. For sure. Uh, and I mean, I, I like, I honestly, I, I really could not be more apathetic about Trump. Like I just, I just don't care about Trump at all. Period. Um, you know, aggressively apathetic about Trump. But I, I will look on YouTube occasionally and I will watch these, um, these, these woke people reaction videos to Trump's election. (laughs) You know, just the, the tears, the tears, the people saying that listen, folks, like a young Turks, listen, folks, Trump is not going to get elected. And then watching uh, the reaction over period I, I enjoy this so much like it genuinely it's hilarious. it it br- it brings out a special kind of joy yeah and i do i feel bad about it
2: <sighs> not really
0: you know i'd no. like to say i feel guilty about it but i don't and and it, and i'm also i'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen if biden gets elected and and what new conflicts are going to emerge there's something entertaining about all of this
1: yeah i think that you're right, John. I think that 100% watching these people, these idiots cry is, it's, it's joyous. However, at the same time, there, there, there are a bunch of people who I would just like, I would like their minds back. Like, I would just love the mind of Sasha Baron Cohen back. I would just love to listen. Yeah. I would just love to him. I just remember the time when I remember watching Borat. I watched, remember watching the TV show Borat and Ali G. And I never heard an interview with Sasha Baron Cohen. No one. He was always quiet. No one knew what he was thinking. It was just, he was just, he was just a comic. You know, he was just doing his thing. I would just like Dave Chappelle back for a while. You know, I would like, I would hate, I, I just do, I, I want him to be a comic again. I want Sam Harris to just never talk about Trump ever again. You yep. know, I don't want to, I don't want Douglas Murray to ever talk about Trump again, have it happen feel like he needs to talk about Trump again. I don't, and here's the worst part. I don't want Martin Amos to talk about Trump again. Martin Amos is like one of my favorite, he's best friends with Christopher Hitchens, you know, and in an interview that I just read recently. I mean, I just bought his book and, you know, I just read this interview that he said he's like talking in glowing terms about an Abraham X. Kendi book and it broke my fucking heart, what? man. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> are you fucking kidding no but the thing is that's, martin amos yeah but the thing but you have to understand this is what i like i learned I, I, like, i'm upset Arf. i know man but i'm, I'm just I'm, telling you that if it can happen to martin amos gonna, if I'm it can happen to sam copy harris of money. it can happen to anyone
2: i'm burning ha- my fucking copy of money so no, i'm
1: just saying open your heart up a little bit these people they we just need to get if 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 this guy if it can happen to all of those people it can happen to you know, I I just don't want to fucking talk to him, and, and and you know, I I hope that they're that the good people, and you know, I don't believe that Martin Amis is a dumb person or he's no, a stupid no, person or anything no. like that.
0: No, you he's know? a he's a he's a victim. I think all that's these what people, all these people are victims, because I I don't this cultural movement it 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 plays with your insecurities, unlike any other cultural movement and who who's 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 more insecure than actors comedians and writers i mean it's 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 really the holy it's the holy trinity of insecurity and 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 childhood trauma and and this and this this it toys with this toys with that in an interesting way you're not even aware of it when you're doing when it's happening and i think um as, as much as some of our intellectual heroes you know during other cultural moments, they might be like rocks and immovable as Christopher Hitchens so often was. He was best friends. Chris Hitch's best friend. Yeah. Could you yeah. imagine? But like, I mean, <laughs> I can imagine a situation now where, you know, um, the, the most obstinate, um, sort of writer and intellectual, Simon Rushdie, I can totally imagine a situation where he gave into this because it, it's, it's, it, it, it it's so precise in targeting your insecurities, whether it's insecurities about being called a racist or, uh, insecurities about your, your relationships with women or insecurities about your privilege. Uh, it just, whatever, whatever is troubling you, it will, it will pick at it. Uh,
2: and, and I don't know what fucking world we're living in where no fucking Chomsky of all people does seem to have the, the fortitude to push back against this and it's say, very strange, man." And say, "No, this is fucking stupid." Like, well, there, I mean, there,
0: there are positives that come with dementia as well. It's not all <laughs> negatives.
1: <laughs> but I, I think the lines are just not. What I'm saying is that the lines are just not clean. Like, I, mm-hmm. I you would think I would think that someone like Zadie Smith would be right on that woke train, but she's not. Right. You know. Yeah, it, it's very well. Some
0: strange. some some people are are uh, are immune to it. You know, and it's actually kind of remarkable. I, I don't know why they're immune to it, but some people just seem yeah completely unaffected by it. They don't feel the need to engage with it. They just go about their daily lives, which is what we all should be doing, really. But
2: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like um, yeah, and I mean, because there's certain people, like um, like I think about somebody like, oh, well, fuck, who's that actor that was in The Hurt Locker? Uh, Rob Schneider. That's it. No, uh, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy oh. Renner. Better, better looking, Rob Schneider. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. better looking. Different action. Um, Walter Jer- Matthau. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jeremy Renner. Like, I, I mean, I think there's the people like him that are just so actively apolitical and they get hostile towards any cause like I've heard people in interviews, try to ask him his views on various political issues. And he gets very like, he basically says, I'm a fucking actor. Why the fuck are you asking me about this? Like, I, what, what do you think I know? I don't fucking know anything. So I think, I think a person like that is immune, is potentially immune to it.
0: And, and and people because, that like because like, they Matthew, just don't engage Ma- Matthew McConaughey, which is kind of today's Walter Matthau. He's a little bit like that uh, as well.
2: Although he did do uh, he did do an interview with somebody. Did you guys see this? It was not too long after the George Floyd killing, and it was like he he sat down with some I don't know some black intellectual. I don't even know who he was. I've never heard of this guy. Um, discussing white privilege, and he w- and he actually he he had a little pad of paper. Matthew McConaughey he had written down these questions to ask the guy, and 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 it's funny. There's Fucking a there's Matthew and, and there's really- a and there's a moment within it that is just amazing. He says, "You know, it's funny because when I was in high school, uh, you know, I remember like you know at the high school I went to, you know." white kids and black kids, like we all just kind of got along and this really wasn't an issue And I played sports. And I remember on the sports team, like it just, these things just didn't come up, you know, and now I'm realizing that, you know, there was actually this implicit racism. Like it's fucking crazy. It's like he, he, it's like his own, he's saying he's actively saying, I don't think there was a problem with racism, but now I realize after, you know, uh, Five-minute
0: conversation with you. Yeah,
2: yeah, that like obviously there was some kind of racism. Even though I'm the one who lived it, it was my fucking life, but you know better than me. It's very strange.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, the, it is strange, but I feel like as though, and I keep saying this, I think that there is something uh, like all of these like public people have it a lot worse than we do. Mentally, you know they simply cannot see a way out of the binary because the right they're dealing exclusively in poet in in poetic truth you know I, well it's like a, they just... never have to con they never have to consider the harsh realities of you know if you say some if you say to someone about say if you know if you knew the facts of the Michael Brown killing whatever happened to michael brown that yeah, he didn't actually have his hands up. That he actually rushed the guy. Uh, that in the aftermath, the you know, I that's that documentary is crazy, man. Like in the in the aftermath, yeah. that the protesters were going up to the Indian grocery store and telling a crowd of people that these you should take over the store because these Indian immigrants don't belong here, or that you know, Eric Holder, the uh, you know the the attorney I think he was the AG at the time attorney general yeah yeah he goes in there and he just cites basically without anything uh, without much of an investigation says that the entire police department of Ferguson is is uh is racist essentially and that racial bias was the reason that that Michael Brown died or if you ask the question hey if you even ask the question now the benign question. Ha, you know, when someone mentions the George Fly cleaning, if you just ask, if you say the, the quest, they say the words, have you seen the body cam footage? It is automatically, you know, you, you're associated automatically or poetically with a certain side. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because the the actual, the, the the what actually happened is inconvenient to it. It's inconvenient to this whole idea of, what exactly this war is supposed to be about, right? Um, and there's a certain kind of psychology that is uh, prone to it. And I, I, the, I only the reason I say that is not in a condescending way. I, I have to implicate myself in this manner. You know, uh, I am Spartacus is what I'm trying to tell you guys. <laughs> um, Who sniffs his armpits? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Like... <laughs> um the uh um it's it's clean man um but yeah no it's a it, it, there's a it, we are much you know in a much better i i think we are in a much better position because i think the harsh realities of just no one ever giving a shit about who we are and about our influences about what our influence is uh is ever going to cross our minds maybe you yeah, know i
2: mean well it it it's interesting when he talked about this idea of of poetic truth cuz i think at some level you know i am prone to that as well like i and i think that just and i think a lot of that comes from liking you know you know consuming a lot of media like it comes from watching a lot of films reading a lot of books like obviously that's what art is it's poetic truth it's not so even so like if you're discussing uh, you know if you're discussing a book you read or whatever it, it 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 you're you're thinking in those terms and i think for me for a long time when i thought about politics that i think my my love of poetic truth in that context bled into the way I viewed real world events. And I had, I almost had to teach myself how to separate those two things as much as best I can. Like I had to sort of teach my, to say like, there's, there's a time and a place, there's a time and a place to talk about poetic truth. And when you're talking about real serious policy issues involving police um you know police brutality maybe that's not the time and the place for poetic yeah. truths
1: you know yeah you can just imagine every conversation that sasha baron Cohn had you know at the writers table before borat was filmed was w- would just be to say well everyone in the south clearly must be just knuckle-dragging fucking retards so
0: just go in there and. Okay, let's pause this because I, I need both of you to explain this to me. I, I, <laughs> I the 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 frame of reference that you're using for the uh the the the, the Borat sequel, both of you. I'm. Just, let me just lay my cards on the table. Um, you are gay. I fell asleep through the first <laughs> Borat. First okay. Borat movie. First Borat, the TV or whatever, the stuff that he did. I, I fell asleep through most of what he did. Oh. With with his early career, okay. So I have no I have no connection to that. Um, I watched this because I wanted to feel incredibly awkward and embarrassed, um, and that was it was successful uh, in that regard. And I I had a blast watching this. Not one moment during this film did it occur to me that he was uh, playing some sort of political game. To me, it the 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 movie was absurd like it it wasn't it wasn't satire it was farce um is it a great movie no not particularly but for what it was i thought it was fine now rf has completely opened my eyes to how uh, how 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 decrepit and and malevolent sacha baron cohen is and how this how this movie <laughs> not not only is it not only is it trash But on some level, it's actually evil. (laughs) So as someone who I thought I had a pretty good radar for evil, and I thought I had a pretty good sensitivity to wokeness, uh, I'm completely caught off guard by this. So I don't want RF to explain it to me. Uh, Jason, have you seen it?
2: I've seen it, yeah.
0: Okay, so I need you to explain it to me because... RF is clearly insane. So I'm looking for a middle position here. Hey, come on, man. Can, can you at least understand? Can you at least empathize with the fact that I just viewed this entirely as a farcical, whimsical yeah. piece of nonsense and nothing more?
2: Absolutely. I, I th- I th- and I think part of the problem for RF and I, admittedly, is that we're too aware of his public pronouncements were too aware of his, his previous show. What, what was that show called? Arif?
1: The last oh, uh, one. This is America.
2: Yeah. This is America. Um, where it, it, it's obvious. He's, I, I think it's that you can, without have, if you've seen the previous movies, it, it, and his show, especially it's much more equal opportunity, right? Like it's, I mean, he's just going after everyone. It's, it's, I don't think there's really an agenda behind it. It's just, he finds it funny to be this Ali G character and to have a round table discussion about pornography with you know a feminist and a, so funny. a a religious person and a porn actress and a uh, a guy who's taken a vow of chastity and 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 to just spout off these innate inanities that like, solid still holds up, Jason. Still I watched, holds up. I watched, by watched the it way. recently too. It's really fun. That's why it was in my mind. It, it's really funny when he when he's like he starts talking about the. Um, like they, he gets on the topic of like underage sex or whatever. And he starts saying, I mean, you know, it's like what we say in in England, uh, you know, if there's uh if if there's, if there's fluff on the muff, she's old enough, you know, and this, and it just cuts to this religious guy and he's just arms crossed and he looks so angry. Um, it's great. But I, I think. In- you see the
1: one with him and the feminist, the da, Ali G with the feminist, like he's got the round table with the feminists.
2: Anyway, but go on. But but I think so. I think there's probably an aspect of this where I know, because he's pretty much said this. I mean, he said it. I know that his motivations are to convince people not to vote for Trump, and I think that is coloring my view of what he's doing. Uh, To be honest with you, John. Yeah, I don't know if I can really make. A solid argument. Like if I watched this thing and I was completely in the dark about, like I didn't know about any public pronouncements he made or whatever. Um, yeah, it's possible. I I would have viewed it in the same way. And also, I, there's an aspect of it where I just didn't find it that funny. I think there's way too much story in it. Like because the story is like obviously the story is just. Uh, a scaffolding, so they can go and engage with these people, and um, and do their shtick with well, the, know, the, real... the, the
0: the plot is ridiculous. It's just, I, mean, I, I, I,
2: it's I, not even necessarily in a funny way. It's just, yeah, ridiculous. I think I think there was too much plot, um, and, and maybe because I'm also comparing it to Borat, I think Borat just had this le- level of outrageousness that.
1: The TV show, you mean? Right? The uh, even, TV even, show was even, nothing. Even, was even, no the,
2: e- even, even the movie, I oh, think right. the movie had a level of outrageousness, the first Borat movie, that this one doesn't really have. I- I'd say the one scene where they come close to that is probably when they're doing the dance. Um, All right. At, at the- hey,
0: I, I had to actually leave the room for that one.
2: <laughs> that that see, I will admit that that was pretty funny. That that part made me laugh, and and there was something I don't know why, but the other thing that cracked me up was when he was uh, the guy was trying to show him how to use FaceTime, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, he keeps, and he keeps trying to tell him to shut up, and he and just and that, yeah that. And he starts
1: beating was... off in the fucking bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <yeah. laughs> he sees it, what what he's typing into his search bar. He's such a, like, <laughs> Sasha Baron, he's, a, he's so funny that he can't, like his, like the comedy sort of, it it peaks through, but I think his brain has just been polluted with this DSA, where in the middle of, you know, the, the we're fighting fascism nonsense, that no one has have. I, I don't know whether Sasha Baron Cohen is actually, because I know that the guy, he's educated, that's why I, I think it's not, he's not dumb. The guy oh, went yeah. to Cambridge and, you know, yeah. he studied like, un, like with uh, Ian, what's his name? The guy who wrote all those two Hitler biographies, Ian something. What the hell is his name? Ian? Anyway. Um, Bremer? No.
2: I, I'm not, I don't know. Anyway. I don't
1: read just Hitler biographies, guys. It's just...
2: <laughs> I I, I was actually, I was, this actually, this I, was I, I was actually just about to say, has there been an episode we've recorded yet where you haven't brought up mein Kampf?
1: <laughs> well, because he's like, uh, literally in the first five years, when people were yammering about Hitler, 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 I was like, did I just misremember Hitler? I was like, I just realized I didn't know that much about what was preceding you know, what was happening in Germany at the time. Cause I read that yeah. Timothy Snyder book and he seemed very alarmed by it. And he was a sort of historian. So I was like, well, all right, maybe on, I'm was done. on, on, on tyranny,
2: on tyranny. yeah, Yeah.
1: You know, and I loved his yeah. writing about Ukraine in 2014. Blood, so I was like
2: bloodlands.
1: Uh, yeah. Bloodlands, bloodlands. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's good. Yeah.
1: So anyway, so I just spent the last five years sort of reading whatever I could. I read like, what's his name? Um, uh, Sebastian Hafner's two books that he wrote about Hitler, and
0: so have you? Have and- you? Have you started collecting any art or?
1: No, you idiot! No, no, I have not. No, I have not. <laughs> you I have. have a, you don't have a
0: special special no. room? Nope. Nope. Oh, okay.
1: Definitely not. Of course not. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. That would be ridiculous.
0: You don't have any like watercolors or anything? Oh sort of like-
1: no, no, no. <sighs> Make sure. Just one second, just yeah, no, that's nope, <clears throat> There's no, um, that's never happened. The swastika is a Hindu symbol, okay, so. I, know, I
0: don't. I don't know if that helps your case or not.
1: It was a well. It was an Indian symbol. It was an ancient Indian rune before it was. You know, it was a swastika, so, right? And, uh,
2: so one one day over the summer, um, it was. I think it was the first time we hung out after lockdown. Uh, was over. Um, I go to lunch with Arif, uh, Patrick, and uh, Jonathan um, Forward, and I go to I go to the bathroom and I come back, and these these two fucking edgelords Arif and Patrick, are are sitting at the table uh, making a fucking swastika out of what what was it like you were making I don't even receipts
1: remember which, we were we tore receipts. up a receipt. Yeah,
2: and they're like, no, it's this way. The line's supposed to be like this. You,
1: yeah, he was—he <laughs> got it wrong. So I was trying to correct him. Why? He what? Uh, <laughs> I know something about history. So what if we were doing it loudly at a table? <laughs> and then I just started doing the goose step. But yeah, anyway. But like Sasha Baron Cohen is not a dumb guy, right? Like so, yeah. you have to. And it's John said, man, he's there's there's a he's a he's a victim, man and i just want him back and unfortunately yeah. he's in the throes of a sort of mania and it it fucking pollutes everything yes yeah, so, so john if like borat the the thing about borat because if like if you watch the old stuff the thing about him is that you'd never knew like there was no narrative like in the tv show it was just him just walking around walk. There was no, there was no story. It was just sketches of him interviewing people. That was the whole premise. You, there was no story or anything like that. Like if you want to watch what it, what, what I'm comparing it to, it's what I like, what I know him to be.
2: Yeah. The yeah. LEG show stuff
1: there was no indication that he was like, there was anything vaguely political or anything like that. He yeah, was just the, an equal opportunity idiot. So,
0: so at, in the absence of that contrast, that I'm, I'm able to just kind of experience this movie on, on a fairly surface level. But I can understand what you're saying, that if you've, if you've seen him be apolitical, you know, kind of a court jester, and then you go do this movie, it seems like there's some kind of agenda there. There's some kind of purpose behind it. Yeah, I understand that. And he's also sort of like, he's, he's
1: vastly being in Hollywood. He's, it's as though he is telling me something that I don't see already. He's trying to convince me that all of these Trump supporters that, you know, maybe they're all crazy, maybe they're all sort of, you know, uh, uh, wildly racist or whatever. He's trying to convince me that just a normal person is more inundated by these sort of imaginary trump supporters than they are than the then the cultural hold that the left uh, I, has had yeah and I, he can't be like i would just expect him to see the uh you know the same sort of blatant uh falseness of that claim
2: it, it would have been nice the problem to see is him not the fucking trump shots, supporters the problem
1: yeah. is the wokeness it
2: really. would have been nice to see him take some shots at them but it's a you know i
1: do whatever you want
2: i'm not i I think for me if again if it was if i found it funnier i i I can pretty much forgive anything if if it's funny um you know it's it's like get out like yeah you know i get it i get why a lot of people are like i fucking hate that movie and it's some woke bullshit but like you know that movie's fun That movie's pretty fucking awesome. I like that movie. It's funny. It's kind of, it's, you know, it's kind of scary. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just a very entertaining movie. Whereas something like us, his follow-up movie, I don't, I don't find it as entertaining. So the kind of woke elements feel much more, uh, harder to ignore for me. And I think Borat, it's similar. It's like, if I found it funnier, I don't even think I would notice, really. But I think maybe the argument you're trying to make, Garf, is that what I'm saying is, like, if it was funnier, I wouldn't notice. I would have forgiven.
1: Okay. Completely but, but, forgive but, it. But, but I yeah. think
2: what you're trying to say is that it's these woke elements th- that are this woke mindset he seems to have that's actually sabotaging the comedy. It's poison, that's, man. Yeah.
1: You drink it, I, full disclosure, I also watched it on the same day that I read that Martin Amos interview, so, you know, full disclosure, you, my you brain was little, poisoned too, you, know? <laughs> you, were little, it, so. you were a little, you were prime, it, yeah. it,
0: It's, it's, it's interesting, like, how, where you're at in a moment can affect. Completely. Your interpretation. So, for example, I, I didn't know anything about Sasha Baron Cohen. I mean, I, I suppose if you ask me a multiple choice question, which of these comedians is more like, more likely to be woke. And Sasha Baron Cohen was on the list. I probably pick Sasha Baron Cohen, but I wouldn't know for sure. Uh, so I didn't know he was infected by this. So actually, my brain is like on the elements that I think are slightly satirical, or, or could you could convince me that they were satirical? Like, say for example, the you know the uh, the 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 Jewish cake thing. See, I just interpreted this as as, as him trying to make fun of the the whole gay marriage cake controversy and then when he shows up as a jewish caricature you know in at the synagogue at the synagogue i'm like oh well to me it was just showing that you actually you can make anti-semitism is actually really kind of popular right now like people don't even shy away from anti-semitism anymore so this is a it's kind of a funny play on that um, and then, of course, the the stuff about that, that's all related to Eastern Europeans. I mean, the, these are kind of some dead on jokes about Eastern Eastern European culture. So I that's the that's the way I approached it.
2: And I think with that, like that, probably I think there's an aspect of it too that's just like for me, it's just like it's old hat. Like the if you haven't seen Borat any, before, that I can see how the Eastern European jokes would be. Feel very dead on and funny because I, when I watched the first Borat movie, I found all that stuff pretty funny. But I think it feels like old hat. Like he's just recycling. It follows the,
1: it's same, the same, same structure parts. as Borat mo- as, as the first one as well. It starts off in the yeah. village, then he takes the trip. Like it's the same. It's a, it's exactly the same structure. Like there's nothing different yeah. about it except for the fact that he's got a yeah uh daughter now uh, yeah and and it uh, sort of all who's... culminates in that final sort of scene you know the last one it was with who was the the first in the first one who was the last uh scene with oh, pamela anderson obviously yeah
2: oh yeah right <laughs>
1: uh, oh right because this... the
2: whole movie is about him trying to get uh pamela yeah, anderson yeah yeah yeah
1: and then there's that scene with what's his name who was that libertarian
2: Ron Paul. That's, oh no, that, that was in Bruno. That's Sorry. Bruno. That's, that's Bruno. Bruno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's it's fine. But even like things that he's doing, like like if I'd never seen when he does that uh, on the Ali G show when he does that country song, the throw the Jew down the well. If I'd never seen that, I might have found his song a little funnier. The uh, what is it? The, the song that he sings in this one it's Yeah, like yeah yeah at the about he sings at that weird rally the like anti mask rally
1: oh yeah it's exactly the same the whole structure is exactly the same the oh, same that jokes like really, the that's same
0: really setups so he's just he's repeating that's interesting I wonder what the intention is behind that like is it a a comfort food kind of thing like hey I, I this
2: playing I don't the know. hits man yeah I don't know I, I'm I'm honestly a little baffled by it myself i i really don't know because yet.
1: borat was so far like it's it's like 20 years ago man people don't remember the first borat like the people all of the woke people who love this movie they don't really remember the first borat but the, they're too but,
0: young for it but isn't it isn't it the case that sasha baron cohen's getting kind of shit on a little bit because of this by the woke people
2: no like people did people didn't they appreciate
0: love they didn't appreciate his Um, some of his jokes, they didn't appreciate the the young girl thing, the daughter.
1: Oh, let's be, I'll be honest, they will come after, like if Trump loses and it's a Biden victory and it's full woke, all woke, all of the time, they will come after him, just like they came after Louis, just like they came after Chappelle. You know, you have to remember, like before, like before Trump, like Louis and Chappelle, like all of these people, they were loved, right? They came after them eventually, like, uh, like they always do. Like Louis, it stuck a little bit more. But uh, yeah, they'll come after him for sure. Um, I mean,
2: I I don't know. I I, I see like uh, what I read. I read something by a woke film critic. But of course, this is one person. But this I could see this being the way they're viewing it. They see this narrative of the daughter as as really showing it's Sasha Baron Cohen showing the way our society, uh, you know, b- abuses and brutalizes young girls. That this person v- saw the movie as a like basically it's like a like a feminist statement or this they said like you know this is a very me too kind of movie and things like that. So I could see the, if you can appreciate the humor, you, I I think you could easily view it in that way. But if you're, if you can't appreciate the humor, then I, I could see people reacting to it in the way John's describing where just the fact that you have all these jokes about this young girl And the way that she should be treated and the way she is treated in and of itself, forgetting intention that could be um, That could be up like offensive to a a certain kind of person. So I I could see either reaction to it. I, I honestly haven't tracked it too closely as far as just the reaction to the movie goes. I just know what things that Sasha Baron Cohen has said leading into the release of the movie and like his motivations uh, behind making it and releasing it now. And that, and, and that he wanted to show that um, the kind of talks, tox, the toxic society that Trump has wrought basically was kind of one of his. Motiv- I think
1: one of his quotes for don't vote for the authoritarian, which is a, w- I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah fine, man. I All right. Okay. Trump's the authoritarian. Why? It, who who are you trying to convince? Like at this point, like it just seems, it, it just seems it's, exhausting it's, with this sort well, of, this cultural well, output.
2: Well, it's, it's, well, to, to quote John McWhorter, it's, it's church. It's, it's <laughs> a sermon. It's a sermon. It's, you know, it's like, it's, it's for people that are already on board, you know, it's, it's not about swaying anyone or changing anyone's mind. I mean, I, I, I think in his, in his, it in I'm sure in his mind, he, that's what he's trying to do where he thinks that's what he's doing, but ultimately, yeah, it's not really going to have any effect. And, and that's why, again, like if the movie was better and I thought it was funny, I, you know, I, I could forgive it. It's, it's it's woke transgressions because yeah it I, I don't actually think this movie's gonna have any effect or influence on anything it's a no it's, no, a, no. it's a fucking movie like well, you know, i don't
0: think it's gonna have an influence i just
2: the the loss just, of you're, a you're mind you're just sad
0: you're just sad about the the creator yeah a little bit
2: yeah a little yeah
0: well you know i'm trying to think back to other politically motivated movies and i mean i correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you had high noon came out back in the day mm-hmm. and, and this, the, that was politically motivated. And then you get the, the conservative Republican political response to it. Rio Bravo yeah. and Rio Bravo is thought of more highly. I think yeah, these days than high, than high noon. Yeah. Can, can you, can we ever imagine a situation like that? Mm-hmm. Like, you know uh, where there's a movie that's a kind of, a counter, yeah, a counter that's better than the original.
2: I, I mean, I, I, I think. You know, I, I think the, the the advantage that they had in the 1950s was that the climate overall was just more amenable to, to a kind of conservative person coming out and saying, you know, this is my rebuke to that although to be fair that I, I mean maybe that some level it was political but it was more almost philosophical it, at, at a, it was more of a philosophical level that Howard Hawks uh, was disturbed by High Noon he thought the idea of a sheriff going around begging people to help him was repulsive. He like that the whole idea of the film, forgetting whatever the political um, motivations were for making it. He just thought the the film in and of itself, like the as like a self contained thing, he sort of objected to, and so did John Wayne. So. Their reasons. So even though it's kind of viewed that way, in in, in hindsight, because of the politics of the people making Rio Bravo, I, I think the motivation actually wasn't really political. It was more of a like, I guess, moral or yeah, philosophical uh, difference.
1: And they weren't very, if I remember correctly, they don't. They weren't. They were westerns. So already you're dealing with a re we are dealing with a reading of history that was doing a reading of history do you know what i mean like they were doing they were two parables they were they were attempting to set two parables against each other so Without knowing anything of the politics, you would just come out of if you were watching a double bill of those two movies. You would have no idea that those two things are political.
2: Yeah. In well, and, and the thing that's weird about it, I'll admit, because I actually like High Noon. I, I oh, prefer I, I prefer, like both of them. Yeah. I prefer Rio Bravo, but I, I I really like High Noon. The the thing that that I find funny so about it is
1: be just to not be obtuse about it. Could you explain what the politics specifically were? of uh, Rio Bravo versus High Noon? Like, what was the conflict there? Either one of you.
2: Well, High Noon was seen as... um, Again, Rio Bravo, I don't really know if there's any real politics as much as it's just the fact that they're making a rebuke to this movie that's viewed as kind of a left-wing movie was political in and of itself. But for High Noon... Um, it's viewed as like a McCarthy era parable, which I, I've heard people say that, and I I can sort of see it, but I I, I don't quite see how that works in, in the context of that. Because it's
1: Jimmy Stewart, right?
2: No, it's uh oh well, Gary, Gary, it's, Gary Gary Cooper, Cooper not Gary Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. What the fuck, um, but but the thing, but the thing about. Hot, high Noon and and Real Bravo is that at the end of the day though it's still a movie about people kind of doing the right thing and standing up to the forces of evil. Like I I, I see them as they're not actually that dissimilar. It's just the the, the fact that he gets help one
1: place and th- the the other sheriff that get you know one sheriff is there with his fucking boys. His boys are like fuck this guy. And the other, and you know, high noon. He's like, "Hey guys, do you want to help me?" Fuck you, no. Well, well, the other, I'm not doing nothing. Well,
2: well, and of course, if there's a certain way of looking at it, you kind of hit hit on something interesting there. Is there's one way to look at it that, well, of course, John Wayne's character is less uh, anxiety ridden and running around trying to get help. He's got people with him, even though he's outnumbered. The fact that you have people to help you it just it's gonna to it, it, the, the stand alone is he like Gary Cooper has to stand alone he has to he has to by himself take these people on and that's the, the so dilemma just, Well, that, while,
0: while you were talking I just quickly looked it up to how, how this has to do with McCarthyism and it, it seems that the allegory although it's kind of distant from it I think more distant than people I um, think it is, but it's the blacklisting. It's a reaction to the blacklisting. Right. And so you could, if you can make that, if you can make that connection, then maybe it makes a little bit more sense. See
1: how many steps we have to take to make, even make the political connection to see like how hard it is. Like anyone, do you think in the future, who watches borat is going to have to fight this hard to make any sort of political connection no. with what was going on with trump like
2: uh, right it, well and, and I, I it's interesting cuz i think like on the one hand movies in the 50s it's not like i think oh we should go back to that because the reason they had to be so cagey about their the, you know the, the putting their views into films was because of the censorship.
1: Oh, you mean talk, and, you're talking about the Hays Code?
2: Yeah, the Hays Code and things like that, right? Or, or even just—I mean, you wait—the Hays Code wasn't you, in the fifties. You you wouldn't. Yeah, wasn't it was that up, in the thirties? No, it was right up to the sixties, man. Oh, really? It was right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but the thing about but but the thing about High Noon is you can't you couldn't overtly make a movie attacking a blacklist you'd be fucking blacklisted yourself right like it 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 was it wasn't just it wasn't just a situation where you were worried about censorship I mean you were worried about being blacklisted yourself so you had to be kind of covert but I, I think and everybody seems to understand this I prefer that I prefer the, like watching these movies where these people like you can watch invasion of the body snatchers. As an example, the original the original one from the fifties and be like, I don't give a fuck about all that. I'm just watching a fucking movie about a weird alien invasion. Like you don't need to know that it's, that it's a sort of, uh, it's dealing with the kind of paranoia around the red scare, you know? Um, uh, or or even something like uh, the Manchurian candidate where it's certainly more overt. It's much more overt than those films, you know, because the things were starting to open up a little bit, but it's still, but the plot is still so kind of outlandish and, uh, you know, it's, I still think you can watch that movie. Like that movie, let's put it this way, even though the Manchurian candidate is a cold war relic like as a movie it's kind of a cold war relic it, it 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 it's an it's obviously made during that time i think it holds up fine outside sure. of context like when i watched i've seen it in the last couple of years and it it holds up really well it's still a fantastic movie but i think a lot of the movies being made now that are overtly political in that way i i just say yeah i don't know i don't know how they're going to hold up. I, I've actually been revisiting. Uh, I, I rewatched uh, the hurt locker. That's probably why I had Jeremy Renner in mind, but I rewatched the hurt locker and zero dark 30. And those are movies that I think might, you know, do hold up Um, because I think even though they're dealing, I don't want to say they're apolitical, but, I think because they, they kind of fetishize process over everything else, it, they, they still hold a certain fascination. And, 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 and Zero Dark Thirty especially, I just think it really kind of captures, in a weird way, what it felt like to live through that experience, like even on the outside of it, you know, like it, it, kind of captures the, the tenor of, of, of the times quite well, but I think you can just watch it independent of any potential political agenda that the filmmakers might've had. Like it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really affect it, but I want, I, I also, rewatched Detroit which was Catherine Bigelow's follow-up movie to Zero Dark 30 and i mean yeah it's awful i mean it's just awful it's um it it's so obviously politicized you know like it's so it, i mean the, the like like if you think about in Zero Dark Thirty. Have you both seen Zero Dark Thirty? I know yes. you've seen it. Have yeah. you seen it, John? Yeah. Yeah, the, a long time the, ago. <laughs> the Jason Clark character, uh, who's the guy, the the torturer at, at the, in the early sections of the movie, I think part of what makes that character disturbing is that he seems like a real guy. Like, he just seems like a real guy who's just doing a job. It just so happens that the job he's doing is torturing people to get information but that seems more real to me that seems more like probably what it is yeah the racist cop in detroit i mean this is a cartoon villain this guy is just like uh, this doesn't seem like a person it just it's just too easy it's again it's the it's almost it's exactly what you were talking about john the obsession with with heroes and villains, I think Zero Dark Thirty is operating in that gray zone. It the whole movie is operating there.
1: Well, they just want to turn you. You, you know, as soon as you have, as soon as you can see the attempt at turning someone into a daster into a just a big fucking villain. Like you see that in this new series that I watched, Comey, where. You know, it's with, uh, what's his name? Bill Pullman or... Uh, oh, uh, Pullman?
2: Uh, no, Jeff Daniels, right? Jeff
1: Daniels, not Bill yeah. Pullman. Be- Jeff Daniels and uh, Trump is Brendan Gleeson, right? And as soon as Trump shows up, you think it's a pretty good impression, but then it just turns dastardly, just turns like right. a... <laughs> it just turns dastardly and ominous. And, you know, you would think as the filmmaker, you would want the the... the The move would be to turn the person just mediocre, you know, and that's where something becomes interesting, right? Because we're not stupid. What it becomes, but what you're left with at the end of Comey is just, you're just left with like, oh, this is just the evilness of banality. You know, it's just your, you have turned something so banal that I, I, I suspect your motives you know,
0: hmm
1: why are you trying to convince me? you think do you think I'm fucking stupid? <laughs> Sorry John you were saying don't don't answer that don't answer that guys
0: I, I was thinking about the uh, um, the GW movie oh. stone one yeah I like I expected him to just go you know to create a caricature and he didn't he didn't make that move I, well even
2: he's surprisingly sympathetic to him. Yeah, Uh, you know, like, um, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the movie in years, but just thinking about it, I I recall one of the issues people had with it was they thought it was going to be this grilling of of W, but it really wasn't, and and he did seem to, you know, in his own Oliver Stone way, he tried to offer a nuanced portrait of of this person i mean he's there's certainly a ton of conjecture in it i mean about like the degree to which him wanting to impress his father actually played in him becoming president i mean i have no idea i i don't i don't know what his sources are on that but um like i said it's conjecture but you expect that from a you know you expect that from a, a dramatization but yeah that that that's a That's that's an interesting one, actually, that he did did try to be more even-handed, for sure. Even his Nixon movie, which, I mean, Nixon, I feel like he would have more obvious hostility towards because of him being a Vietnam veteran and Nixon's kind of hand in, in the war. And even that, he's a little more sympathetic towards them than, you know, than you would expect, yeah. It's a strange
1: time, man. I don't know. Fuck Borat. Fuck him. That's what (laughs) I say. Um, Well, hopefully we'll be out of this soon.
2: Um, So are you guys in any, uh, are you in any lockdown there, John? Because I heard there's like cases in uh, like they're Apparently, there's a lot of new cases in Alberta or something. But I.
0: What, what do you mean by? Uh, well, like what, what are?
2: Uh, well, like it, I don't know what how you guys are running it, but in in New Brunswick we have so there's like a, you know code red, code orange, code yellow. That, that's a word now, right, RF Yellow. Right? I ain't yellow. <laughs> I ain't never yellow. Uh, are you uh, red? Um, oh yeah, we have yeah. Yeah, yellow, and then we'll be, you know, when we're in green, we'll be out of it. So yellow is basically, uh, th- there's not as, you know, you can basically see whoever you want, like, you know, like all the people in your life, there's no like restrictions on the people you can interact with. There's just kind of an expectation that you'll do your best to try to minimize contact. But um, and then we have to wear masks if we're in public and things like that. Like where, where are you guys at as far as that goes? Like that it's more, kind of it's thing. more,
0: it's more or less the same. I mean, um, yeah. there, there are pubs open Yeah. for example, but all the servers have face shields and, uh, and gloves and um, they, there's limited, limited people allowed in because they don't have the space to space everyone out. Um, but then you know other places like Walmart, they ain't doing shit at Walmart.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, it's same here. Yeah. The. Uh, what about? Are you going into class? Or are you teaching uh, over Zoom?
0: No, I'm completely, I'm completely home, homebound, and uh, they're they're talking about. Um, again, this doesn't follow anything at the provincial level, but like just internal to the university, they're talking about maybe even, um, throughout. 2021 the end of 2021 might
2: be working oh i wow. home do you like do you prefer that or is it driving you crazy
0: you know i think both have strengths and weaknesses like this makes me feel more like i'm back at a, a call center a little bit because basically you know people call in and i i talk to them and i try to solve their problems which is essentially what it's like working at a call center <laughs> Um, Of course, I get to spend more time with them than I would at a a call center. So, I mean, the the human engagement piece is – it's a bit challenging. Um, You know, the the work-life separation is a bit challenging. I almost feel like at the end of the day when it gets to 4.30 or whatever, I should just walk outside the door, walk around the block, and then come back in and knock on the door. You know, just to sort of feel like there's a (laughs) – I've actually a Change your connected. clothes, no pants. I already, I do change my clothes. Like I, I will actually go wash my face at the at the end of the day to try and create a ritual, and and go immediately into even more casual clothes than I was wearing. During you just the day. got
1: a kimono on for some reason.
0: When, just to do something, you know.
2: When I uh, when on the days I work, when I'm when I'm working, I I actually do um cuz i know a lot of people i work with like they basically just work in their like pajamas all day and stuff like that i do you know i get dressed and i i think for the same reason like i i try to wear clothes like business casual clothes which is what we'd have to wear if we were in the office so i try to Hell dress yeah. so i try to dress in the way i would if i was in the office just to help try to create that separation
1: you should go full top hat and fucking, you know monocle like a penguin, like the penguin you should you know <laughs> i should yeah no i i do that too yeah
2: yeah but with my job like um i mean unless there's people on my team that are fucking up i mean because i'm not on the phone I mean, it's it. I could potentially work for two or three days without actually conversing with anyone. Like, I'll just you know work on letters that I need to write for people, or um, I mean, emails are just fucking constant. So, I mean, you know, you could spend all day just going through emails or yeah or whatever. Like, so I mean, I will go quite a few days where I won't actually like interact with another person and it'll, or a lot of days like i won't actually talk to someone but i might just chat with people through skype or whatever but it's uh
0: well how do you feel about that not interacting with people uh, as much uh
2: i i don't love it to be honest i i, I think uh, surprisingly i do miss the the the, inter- sex, the interaction drinking i mean gum. well i i liked being able to slip off to the bathroom with you know with with one of my you know one of the people on my team and just kind of plow them right in the ass you're
1: lying you're lying
2: (laughs) um you're the uh, bottom you like to have gay sex in your anus i that's true that's true non-consensual
1: too so it's actually uh, (laughs) you actually
2: were but but, um but yeah i i uh you know it, it it's probably similar to what you're saying it has its advantages you know, like there's times when like Carly's out of work right now, but when she was working, um, there were days where we didn't have anyone to watch Ripley. So, I mean, I was, if I'd been working in an office, we would have been fucked. Like one of us would have had to stay home certain days, like called in sick basically. So it, 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 it makes it a little bit easier that I can be home and, you know, she's old enough now that I don't need to like be monitoring everything she's doing. You just kind of like, I'm working for a few hours. And if she's hungry, she'll come down and get me or whatever. And, you know, so it's, so it, it definitely has its advantages, but I think when there's a problem, that's annoying because if we were still in the office They wouldn't be as inclined to say, like, call me up and say, hey, can you log in right now? Because there's like this, you know, there's this issue that we need someone to deal with. But I get that a lot. Man wanted his balls drained. So exactly. So so that that part is kind of shitty that there is a feeling like I'm always supposed to be available to work anytime something comes up um it during the week like, it's not so bad on the weekend because all like all my bosses are not around so i don't need to worry about it but during the week there is kind of a yeah there's a bit of a issue with the with separating work and life but you know i guess this is this is the new normal guys shut oh, the fuck geez. up
0: don't say that it's no, unprecedented no, no. you know that it's unprecedented
2: it is oh
1: we are living in unprecedented times guys you've I mean these are phrases I have never heard ever you
0: know but. Uh, cool. what about you are I know that you're
1: shut the fuck up this you're one's asking... about you this is about <laughs> you I'm the one asking the fucking questions don't fucking dodge me okay. all
2: right okay. I think you are, I think you already answered the question so now you answer the question
1: no the hunter is becoming... Now the hunted has become the hunter. All right? Yeah. Yeah. Be confused. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dancing. I'm like a capoeira or whatever, you know? You're like, you can't catch me. <laughs> what was the question?
2: Oh, just how you're... Repeat the like question,
1: that. please. How? Excuse me. Excuse he's, me. He's, Repeat uh, the question.
0: He's getting... I think his blood sugar is a little bit low. <laughs> Why don't so, you...
1: Hey, maybe your fucking penis is small. You ever think about that? <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> it's ob- it's obviously working all right for him though i mean no
1: no no that was gonna... he he had to double dip he had to put he had to come into a into uh into a glass and then use a, like a like a t-shirt gun you know and then just blast it into
2: Okay. Actually, you caught me off guard there. I thought for sure you were gonna go with turkey baster So that that was that was. No,
1: no, no. T-shirt gun. He yeah. he actually filled the t-shirt like the t-shirt gun with that much cum, and then he blasted. <laughs> that is that is how John has sex, because he can't, because it can't, because it's so small, and he's also got erectile dysfunction. So it's also like he can't get it hard. So he has to milk it it's like a it's like a (laughs) (laughs)
0: teat this is
2: one of these things where you just you kind of drag it out and you think okay if i just keep talking eventually something funny will come out and then uh, the milking thing was actually pretty good shut the
1: fuck up don't fucking do don't deconstruct me all right i'm a genius all right shut the fuck all right um no, my my, my my days are a little bit easy. I mean, I don't, I don't spend much time on the... Seriously, guys. In all seriousness. Uh, all jokes aside. I love that. Do you love that phrase? All jokes aside. Oh, time to be serious, I guessed. All jokes aside. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Now, now that we've said it in a serious tone, all jokes aside. Um, no, I just spend most of my... I don't really spend a lot of time on the phone. Um, mostly by myself, um, you know, I feel like as though, you know, I need to, I fantasize about the days that, um, you know, that I'll be completely offline and, but so that my, I feel like, I don't know whether you guys feel this. I feel like as though my sanity is being invaded constantly because of me being in front of a screen all day. And yeah. as though if I were to be just left to my own devices, if I were to just sort of embrace the natural world, I'd be some sort of like David Attenborough figure who is sort of understanding nature and, you know, being like f- frolicking in the woods. Like, I, I would be completely useless in the woods. I'd be completely useless in nature. I like it. I like doing, you know. Most, I mean, I, you know, most of the people I know are all recluses, exactly like me. Those are the only people I want to hang around with, you know. And, it's, not really, uh, it's
0: not really a good way to build a community.
1: No, no. With being
0: friends with recluses.
1: No, no, but it personally, I, I, I think I got. I'm very, uh, I'm very lucky. I think in that respect, because there is no. Uh, I realize that there's nothing I'm scared of I'm not scared of the 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 opprobrium of other people you know because I think there's a lot of people like I, I, I meet these people all the time you know what will these what'll they think today I, I came across a thread where I don't know whether this person was being sarcastic or anything like that they were having this this Facebook thread about Stupid! That Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan and Alex Jones, right? Uh, some comic. She said, uh, "If you, uh, if you are on one of my friends, and if you think that it's okay for this meathead bro comedian—this is a new fr- phrase that these people use, these like progressive people use—they use this bro comedian." to bring this conspiracy theorist on his podcast and talk to him, you can go ahead and, this is you hear this a lot, you can go ahead and delete me. I can, I don't want to see your face again. You know, it, one of these things, right? And then, of course, there were people who were like, go girl, you go girl, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, queen, here's my pussy, yes. You know, all of these fucking, all of this shit. And then one guy, like amazing, he just said like very banal statement, he says, you know, I like it when he has, you know, people like Sam Harris, or whoever, all of these intellectuals and scientists who, who, who actually speak to him like a normal person. And because they have to dumb down all of these concepts, that means even I can understand them because even I'm that dumb, I I don't understand all of these things. So it's a very good, he's doing a great thing, you know, but maybe, you know, I don't like Alex Jones. And, you know, this long fucking three paragraph explanation this guy gave. And then at the end, he's like, (laughs) lol, I feel like I just uh, outed myself as a communist sympathizer in the 50s. And I was like, that is the last thing that would come to my mind to even think that, you know, publicly saying that it's okay for Joe Rogan to have whoever the fuck he wants on his podcast would be saying that i'm sympathetic to communists but i think that a lot of people sort of live in that sort of mental fear like i'm retarded in a lot of ways right 100 percent. but one one of the things that i don't have and i think it i'm just lucky to have the two of you as friends and you know like nick and patrick as friends that they don't like like, it, it, I I have never ever felt like as though having an opinion about something is ever going to change that, you know? Right. But I think that there are a lot of people, genuinely, I think there are a lot of people who are worried that their relationships are somehow going to fundamentally change.
2: And they might. There, I mean, there are... If they, it depends on who you're friends with. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean...
1: Like if they were to come out with... Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah, right? Like, like
2: how many... They're just unlucky I, is what I mean. I, I mean, yeah. how many people were gleefully pronouncing on Facebook and Twitter after Trump was elected that they all the people they were cutting out of their lives because they voted for Trump, you know, like their parents, yeah. you know, relatives, good friends. I mean, it's it's fucking crazy. It's it's it it really is the.
1: But they're just unlucky, is what I'm trying to say, Jason. Yeah, like they just got they just got dealt a raw deal, man. Like, it's just... We just got lucky that it was... Like, we got to meet John, who's just, like, uber, retarded, like he doesn't have... (laughs) Like, he just says whatever the hell and tells you you're dumb or stupid and then you feel stupid and then you want to get angry at him. And then you continue, like, a 14-day, like, email (laughs) thread about some dumb Superman movie. And, you know...
2: I I, I mean, I remember... John and I getting into some stupid fucking heated debate on Facebook when I one time about blackface. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, it was fine. You know, we it got it got pretty. I mean, I was be. I thinking back on my position, I was definitely like an annoying. I was definitely an annoying like concern troll kind of position i had but but you know whatever it was like
0: i have zero memory of this
2: yeah i i had i had posted a i had posted a video of of neil diamond from the jazz singer when he's doing blackface which is amazing i mean that's just like it's amazing that that exists and anyone who hasn't seen this should check it out it's it's really funny um but um and then you so I was making like I I was saying like I I just thought it was funny that's the main reason I posted it but I you know of course had to add in my little so people knew that I didn't think blackface was okay I had to add in some I don't remember what I said but I added in some comment throat clearing yeah exactly and then you came in basically talking about the uh that i i didn't i essentially saying that i was being a bit uh a bit ignorant that i didn't understand the history of blackface or something like that and then we kind of we kind of had a back and forth where things got a little a little testy but wow i
0: sound sound like a real
1: asshole (laughs) yeah you are you are you're a real asshole john and that's the great thing about you that's the perfect thing about you but, that but yeah you I cannot did. you you head towards the truth because no matter what and that is a very <laughs> valuable thing no but <laughs> i didn't i didn't to I, me i didn't did, did, but yeah know, didn't when matter. i'm wrong about like something I'm, you have no problem telling us about it
2: but yeah it didn't matter like it At was fine we were still we, we were still friends after like it wasn't it wasn't a big oh, deal
1: speaking of blackface jason you guys ever heard of dewey Pigmeat meat markham do you know who this guy is he was well, a, So there's a whole history of black comedians from the vaudeville era who used to do blackface.
2: Oh yeah, I, I was aware of this, but I hadn't heard of him, no.
1: Yeah, and he did it past the time when it became not okay to do blackface. And I, he, he would say things like, I'm doing it because I think it's funny. I don't care what you would think. And he would just go ahead and do it. He would just come out while the entire like ten years passed. It the time it was okay to do blackface. He was going out there. He's like, "Fuck you! I'm doing blackface." It's hilarious. Just but, an old old black man in blackface. It's you know. Um. Anyway, but yeah, to going and, back to what and uh, last
2: week we talked about. Bam- I mentioned bamboozled. Well, that's right. We're we're having a. We're, we're getting blackface heavy. I think we're getting a little blackface heavy. I'm doing blackface <laughs> Hitler, for the, in yeah. the content.
0: and blackface. Hitler and blackface. Yeah, that's that's,
1: that's so my new my Halloween costume. Actually, Hitler in blackface.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, as a question, I wanted to ask you: Arv, Do you get any kind of brown uh, brown protection? No. When you see, yeah, I, I figured that th- that's completely gone out the window. Hasn't no, it? I like think it?
1: Indians are just as and rightfully so, they should they're just as hated as white men. Yeah. Yeah. They they shouldn't be considered the underprivileged or anything like that. They shouldn't be. I mean I don't first of all, I don't see myself I don't I, I'm long past the point where where I sort of think about identity in those terms. Like think about like concern myself with identity at all. It just doesn't it's a useless it's an it's it's just useless for me. I don't get anything out of it. What is my what? Where do I like? It's like, it's pointless. It's um, dad. Maybe that's the best one. You know, friend. Are you, uh, these are friend? these are easy. These are easy ones that I can handle. I understand what that means. What the implications of those are. I don't understand when people say you're an Indian immigrant. You're a Canadian. You're an East Coaster. I don't understand what these fucking what they're saying. It it means I. That's not to say that it doesn't mean anything for all of these people. I'm sure it means a whole lot to them. It doesn't. I I don't understand it. I don't get anything out of it, you know. But yeah, the uh,
2: your uh, what's that thing? Camille Foster always said, "You're uh, you're you're a your race abolitionist." I'm a race abolitionist. He always yeah. He always says that about about himself. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I mean, it's you know, Shelby Steele says that as well. In the you know, it's the great the great. The original sin was never, you know, it was the usage of race, you know, as a concept was, uh, you know, uh, was the was the original sin, not slavery, right? But anyway, I, I don't get any brown. I wouldn't even want it. I wouldn't even want it if they gave it to me. I would find, I would, if, even if I got it, I would think, consider it. Disgusting. I would think, well, consider even, it gross, and well, be like, even, "How dare you? How dare you? You would think that I would want this from you.
2: How condescending!" But you wouldn't. But I mean, just based on your opinions, I mean, they w- they would accuse you of wrong think anyway. So e- even if e- even <laughs> if you were to get those, you know, brownie points, uh, you you would lose them because you're you're helping to prop up white supremacy like the fact that you think the way you think would i think would would probably uh, yeah
0: and i think i think you're right i just think it's interesting because i remember a time not that long ago where um on any kind of political discussion about race or sex or gender um you know typically white people would defer to the minority yeah whether it was gay people or or whatever and they're not doing that anymore so it's i mean it shows that there's been a i hesitate to call it an evolution but there's been a transformation in the ideology because it's not actually connected like it was before to listening to minorities if now it's listening to minorities who hold the same viewpoints as you which is a subtle shift but i think it's it's
2: well well it's interesting when and i mean Uh, we may have talked about this before, but I mean, in some of those protests, you see these, you know, you see these fucking white people yelling at black cops. Like, I'm assuming you guys have all seen the videos of these hysterical white people yelling at these black cops talking about white supremacy and calling them racists and shit. And it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's very strange.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, whatever the whatever in the conversations that i have with first off nobody uh, nobody gives me shit at all ever no one ever says anything to me about any of this stuff i've had a few i've had a few back and forths but it was always done i w- I just got lucky that the other person always got angrier before i did uh right. the only person i've ever lost my temper at like in political discussions is both of you, because you are actually wrong and I'm right in those situations.
2: <laughs> I, no honestly, I is. could, I could, if I could say, yeah, probably the same. Yeah. Uh, um, well, well, you know, what's funny though. Like when you talk to people like, so I remember I like, I've had conversations with people I work with where they'll start spouting some of this woke stuff and, and, I'll, and I'll just sort of subtly push back a little bit, like like not in a, an aggressive way, but just more, you know, like, well, did you, th- what, did you think about this? Did you think about that? Um, sort of just trying to point out some of the inconsistencies in the position. And I mean, I think for the, you know, for the average person who's not deep into it, when you point out some of those inconsistencies, they, they actually are um open to it like i've never had anyone kind of freaked out at me and and like like it would actually you know i could tell that the wheels were turning a little bit you know when i when i would sort of just like i said try to point out some of the inconsistencies of of what they were saying or even just pushing back on some of these narratives regarding some of the police shootings that they would discuss and I would just bring up some of the facts and they would say, Oh, really? I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. And, you know, so, so I think it's, you know, I think for the people who are like deep in it th- that, you know, they're, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what to do about them, but I think for the people, cause I think right now what's happening is, I mean, we've been paying attention to this for years, right? I mean, I mean, I remember in like twenty, you know, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, us talking about, you know, oh Jesus, I don't know what, you know, like I don't know what's going to happen, and this shit's getting crazy, and 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 at that time, uh, I mean, as recently as like a year ago, two years ago, I think people were saying, I don't know, I just don't think what you're talking about is really a big deal. I don't see it. I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, this has definitely gone mainstream and seeped into the mainstream. But I think for the people who just, like the people who are basically like, oh, geez, well, I don't like racism. Oh, well, I guess I should support this Black Lives Matter movement then because I don't want people to think I'm a racist. I, I you know, I think those people, you can sort of push back on them a little bit and, and, and they are, Still open, and they'll listen. It's it's the people like we like I said who are kind of deep, you know, deep into it that are. I mean, there's. I don't want to say there's no point, but um, they're just gonna anything you say. They're just gonna probably just call you a racist and move on, you know.
1: Well, Jason was around. Do you remember that time when we were going out? We went we went out to the some fucking bar, you and me. And we met up with a friend of mine, and we were talking about that Louis about about the news that the when Louis that Louis yeah. C.K. thing came out. Yeah, Jason was with me. Yeah, and we went to a bar, and this lady friend of mine and her friend, we had just met them over there, and they started talking. We started talking, and then I don't know how we got into it.
2: And one she... of them had just watched the Michael Jackson documentary. The uh. uh... I forgot oh, what yeah. it's called. Something ne- finding about finding Never... Neverland. Uh,
1: finding Neverland, isn't that what it's called? No,
2: I think Finding Neverland is that Johnny Depp movie, but it did have oh. it did have Neverland in the title. Oh. Any, anyway, yeah, yeah.
1: Think about the Tilrin. Yeah, I so love the she,
2: But but she was talking about how she she watched this movie, but she really likes Michael Jackson's music, and so she was having this dilemma. And I remember Arif and I were kind of like I was just saying. You know, I understand, but I'll still I would still listen to his music. You know, I I, I can I, I can be uh you know, I, I can be morally disgusted by his actions and still listen to the music. I don't personally I don't see a contradiction there, but you know, but obviously she did and and so there was kind of a back and forth about that, but then somehow you brought up Louie. Yeah.
1: And so as you both know, I'm pretty ride or die. He's my boy. So, you know, she he uttered our Lord's name in vain. So, of course, I had to stick up for him, you know, in this bar. And uh, it turned pretty crazy. I don't... What was your... Like, that's the kind of thing that happens to me. Uh, uh, that's the kind of shit that... That is the... Uh, temperature anytime it comes up against like this woke stuff that's the kind of temperature that I get it never gets higher than
2: that um it was yeah well it was interesting because me and that girl's friend and, and and the the person you were fighting with wasn't even your friend it was the uh, the other person that she was with so like her and I were uh, I because I We were kind of like we we threw each other a couple of little bemused glances, we'll say. So I mean, we were kind of just sitting back and like, like, like I was just like, "Oh, this is great," you know. Like I just was sitting back and kind of laughing about it. But um, yeah, she seemed much more invested in, like, I think you genuinely were just having a discussion, and you were just trying to hash out the ideas, but she was much more morally invested in trying to show you that your opinion is morally reprehensible. And then when that didn't work, she looked towards Jason
1: and she said, are you comfortable with being friends with a man who defends rapists? (laughs) I do. I do remember that. And... And I think Jason said he rapes me every day. Like I don't, you know. Uh,
2: I I know I definitely, I, I definitely made some kind of a joke. Um, th- th- but I I honestly don't remember what I said. I'm yeah. sure it was re- I'm sure it was really witty and hilarious though. Whatever it
1: was, I laughed at it. <laughs> I laughed at it. But. I, but
2: but I yeah, she was yeah that person was ridiculous. I I I I totally forgot. She's about
1: all right. That. Like I met her afterwards, and it's been it's been okay. You know? But that's how it goes, usually. Yeah. But But it, the, the only reason that I can do that is because... I think I can do that only because I think that they... She feels like as though she needs to keep face with all these kind of like woke idiots that she's around. You know? I don't. I don't right. know them. I don't like them. I kind of hate them. So, fuck them. You know what I mean?
2: I do. What I say. I do, you know? I do know what you mean. Now... You got you got the fucking big dick energy tonight, boy.
1: You're... No, dude, it's really it's a penis. It's a real small <laughs> penis. <laughs>
2: it's really limp.
1: But I say I don't. Sometimes it's just the more. Listen, whether Trump wins or Trump loses, it's going to get worse. Yeah. So I agree. I think. It is going like we ought to steal ourselves now. Before,
2: before like it's going to get bad. I I I think I'm in agreement with you though. Uh, I think independent of this, I just want him gone. I, I think I'm at the point where I just I just want him out of there. I I I don't like having to think about him anymore. I don't. I don't like um yeah i just i don't i i I agree like i think he's a distraction i i think he's a distraction he gives the woke people cover to say well no we have to be this fucking ridiculous and insane and crazy because we're fighting a fascist what do you suggest that we don't start fires and loot stores and uh literally commit acts of political violence out in the streets like what the fuck's wrong with you people so and I agree I don't necessarily think that's going to go away when Trump's gone but I think it'll it'll clear the deck in a way where it'll be easier to just say to just say no fuck that like you know like fuck you and your bullshit reasons for thinking it's okay to go around acting like a piece of shit
1: yeah, you can't we, we they won't have the because Trump. Yeah. excuse anymore, right? Yeah. They just need this W. They just need this win after 6 years, you know. They just feel like they've been taking L after L after L. They just need the W. So you don't All think right. that
0: there's going to be an Atlantic piece, you know, 3 years into Biden's presidency uh, like living in a post-Trump world and it talks about how no. the Trump stain remains even with biden yeah. as
1: uh, oh, president oh, oh, no, no, oh no no it's no. not the trump stain i think the stain is actually the wokes i don't think trump is leaving no no, no 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 no, no, I, no, I mean. no
2: i i agree i actually i i worry about that too i i like there's a part of me that thinks i'm assuming what you're getting at is that what i'm essentially saying is the more moderate people might come to their fucking senses and you're saying that they're just going to keep on this narrative and they'll basically just double down on it. And I, I think that is certainly a possibility and I do worry about that myself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's, but it's, but take heart because there are more and more people who like more and more every day, as many celebrities as they're losing their mind, regular people
2: can see through it. Yeah. You know, so oh it's hilarious it's like do not despair i I mean when i like when i talk to people at work you know when we start talking about it i mean we, we make fun of these people all the time like we'll just we'll be sitting there sending each other ridiculous articles back and forth and yeah it's absolutely just coming from this place of like can you fucking believe how crazy these people are yeah, yeah I, I i i genuinely think that yeah that the the kind of average person is. Is like what the fuck is wrong with these people? You know. Yeah. All right, boys.
1: Uh, we're gonna call it quits. This was a marathon. This is Joe Rogan length podcast. Yeah, what? We're gonna get Joe yep. Rogan numbers.
2: Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I. am gonna I,
1: put I, Alex Jones's face as John's. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do like one of a deep fake of Alex Jones. And uh, I'm also gonna, I'm gonna make myself look really handsome and sort of buff and shit. You know, like <laughs> big pecs and shit. Put like a penis on John's head, like a really and, small penis,
2: and you and, and I'll look like Jabba the Hutt.
1: Yeah, no, you'll have like cum
2: all over you. You'll be like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> yeah, you'll be like one of those Japanese porn stars with like in a bukaki, you know what I mean? <laughs> all right, um, all right, good night, fellas.
2: you hey. hey, guys, later.